Minnesota, Tampa Bay. edition of Paraprobe. I'm your host, Chance Hancock, flying completely solo here without the great Jesse Decaffeinated. And for some reason, a little jerk decided to take a vacation without me, so uh, yeah, just going to be me today. Going to be entertaining you guys. We got a great story today. I'm going to be talking about the hearings that they had for the UAPs. And for those of you who do not know what that means, that means that we're, you know, Senate and Congress and everybody was talking about UFOs. All right. So UAPs are unidentified aerial phenomena. Hence UFOs. Why they change it to that, I don't know. I don't know why they decided to change it to that. That UFOs were perfectly fine, but apparently they want to change it to you know phenomena. They need to update it, make it cooler. I don't know. But anyways, today we're going to be talking about that. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the people involved in this situation people who are involved in the the new project that they have came up with and built and uh also the people who are going to be leading it and a little bit about their backgrounds and also too <laughs> i don't know for the listening audience out there for you know some of you out there who caught the the hearings and actually you know watched it it was roughly about an hour and a half long <sighs> did anybody else out there feel like dragged down by it like it, it just seemed like it was kind of like Okay, look, we're really just kind of saying this out here publicly to kind of appease the people, you know, let them know we're going to be looking into it, like they always say. But yet, the problem being is that they speak of looking into it. They're not really looking into anything that's been reported by civilians. It's mostly going to be anything reported by the military or by FFA-affiliated people, a.k.a. airline pilots and such. With that being said... (laughs) realistically let's think about this majority of the you know uaps ufos whatever you want to call it that is reported is usually reported by civilians it's not reported by the military and you know the uh, airline pilots and everything else i mean there are don't get me wrong there are circumstances these things are reported but mostly most of the things you look at and you hear about you know involving ufos and everything else is coming from civilian accounts from their eyewitness accounts guess why it just blows my mind so anyhow so today we're gonna be talking about that like I said I'll be introducing some of the uh, characters on the board for the uh, you know for the new whatever program they even came up with yet I don't think they even have a title for the name yet but some of the facts of it that are pretty interesting now here's we'll start it off so one of the key people that has helped start this program is Ronald S Moultrie now Ronald S Moultrie is an American intelligence official uh, he serves underneath the Secretary of Defense. Uh, he was confirmed by the Senate on May 29th of 2021. He is the USDI and S, which is the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. That is his job. Now, of course, with the UAPs that they're re- you know referring to, a lot of the situations that they brought up in these hearings that they were talking about were ones that involved around our military, whether they were over military installations, near military aircraft, military ships. 
And so in the process of this, it winds up, you know, obviously bringing into the whole realm of national security. Because anything that comes near, like, our military establishments or their vessels and such, yeah, definitely got to be investigated, find out what it is. So the other person that's involved with this also as well is Mr. Bray. Mr. Bray. Mr. Bray. He's the deputy director of Naval Intelligence. Uh, he's He's been around this field for a long, long time. His name's Scott Bray. Scott Bray is pretty much really, I, I mean, in my opinion, seems to be the guy that's mostly on the ground for UAP reportings and the database that they're creating. He's a guy who's like feet on the ground, really figuring out what's going on. Um, he has stated that during this hearing, actually, that a majority of the things that they have already investigated since they started this program, there's been over like 400 already investigations that are rolling in, you know, and, and all these things that are called in about the UAPs that they're investigating. And majority of them, um, he said that they have, you know, different criteria that, that they put into these what they call buckets to figure out what it could be. Now, the five different buckets, it's kind of like a little checklist, is either air clutter, natural atmospheric phenomena, uh, U.S. developmental programs, um, foreign adversary systems, or other. Let's be real. The ones that a lot of Americans really want to know about, look, <laughs> we know there's enemy, you know, satellites and everything else. We, we know that. It's not a secret. What everybody wants to know about is the things that are dropped into the bucket of other. That's the things that they want to know about. That's the ones that are, like, concerning to everybody. So in this situation, this is what they created was this new program. And really, technically, um, at the end of the day, Nordquist, he was the Deputy Director of Defense back in August of 2020. He had put together a task force for the UAP under the Department of the Navy. Um, and one of the main things they wanted to do with this program is they wanted to destigmatize people who report the UAPs. Now, by people who report it, I mean military personnel and people that are you know, FFA affiliated, like I said before, airline pilots and such. They were looking for professionals um, who were reporting these things. They, they they now have a whole new program. Every time like a fighter jet pilot in the military goes up, they have a thing called a knee board. A knee board is, as lack of a better term to simplify this, is something they're able to, you know, put notes on basically while they're flying. And essentially what they're doing right now is they, they the way that they're, putting this whole thing together between, you know, uh, Ronald S. Moultrie and Scott Bray is they are trying to put together this program that is going to have like a form that if a pilot sees anything that's out there that is a UAP, an identified aerial phenomenon, they're not sure what it is. They have these like things that they can write down, like, you know, where were they located? What speed were they traveling? How, how high up were they? Because in this program too, they have brought in experts from like all around the U.S., they have brought in experts in everything from meteorology to metallurgy, optics, aeronautics, physics, uh, er everything, I mean, across the board. The reason for being is they want to have a panelist of people that can take all of this evidence that comes in and see if they can break it down to find the pretty much the, 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 the common, you know, exception of what this object is that they're seeing. Now, what I mean by that is the same thing as for all you paranormal ghost hunters out there that use equipment. One of the things that uh, a lot of paranormal ghost hunting people do is they try to debunk the evidence. So let's just say in your house, you know, that you go to to investigate, the people told you that the 
the stairs every night are making these creaking noises like people are walking up it. And uh, you can hear voices at nighttime from the end of the hall. So investigators typically will try to debunk that, try to find the normal, rational answer for what's going on, not a ghost. All right. That's the same thing that's going on with these UAPs. They're trying to find a way to break it down to find the absolute answer of what it is. Now, the funny part is during questioning, when they had asked, actually, Mr. Bray, um, have all of them been, you know, figured out? And his response was, no, they have not. They have not all been figured out. Uh, he then changed his tune and said that basically it was because they weren't completed on the investigation yet. My question is, is if they do find the definitive answer that it is of extraterrestrial origin, are they ever going to tell us? Because anybody who watched that hearing, you can see that they did the whole big dog and pony show about, you know, we're here for transparency, we're here to find out what's going on, you know, debunk what these objects are in the air, you know, or if other, you know, if it is extraterrestrial, find out if it is, so on and so forth. The thing is that a lot of the things that they investigated was only within the last, like, you know, two years. They really haven't investigated anything from the past, really. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a, a, a gentleman, uh, one of the Senate members, uh, Mr. Gallagher, um, who actually brought up Maelstrom. Now, for those of you who are not, interest, uh, not really up to date or up to speed on what Maelstrom is, it's Maelstrom Incident. Maelstrom Air Force Base back in 1967 <laughs> this is a crazy, crazy story because of the fact that there's no way they could hide it because of all the people who witnessed it. Security forces, military personnel, a bunch of people witnessed this whole thing. And Mr. Gallagher actually asked them, the people that's formed up the UAP right now, to look into this incident. What had it happened is back in 1967 at Maelstrom Air Force Base, there were sightings of UFOs for over a 48-hour period that kept coming over this base some would hover and just sit there like a bright orange ball right above the grounds. And next thing they knew, all of their systems, I mean weapon systems, all of their missiles that they had there, started to shut off. Whatever was up there was causing all of their defense to shut down remotely. To this day, they still have no idea how, who, what, nothing. They have no clue how this happened or who caused it. So Mr. Gallagher actually brought this up, which I got to applaud him. That was pretty awesome for him to bring that up. So hopefully they may look into that and quite a few others, you know, a.k.a. Roswell, quite a few other uh, moments like that. But later on, there was a couple of people, you know, who, who they battered around their questions and, you know, to the group and, and asked them, you know, how do you plan on doing this? Uh, what's your approach? So on and so forth. You know, they... The, the thing that got me was the one individual, and this is what I kind of wanted to bring up to the public really about this, that really kind of got me. There was one Senate member, and honestly off the top of my head, don't remember his name, who had actually mentioned about, well, what do you do about the people that give you false reports? And, you know, Mr. Moultrie, Mr. Bray, they both kind of in response was like, well, we really don't have a... a you know, plan set in place for that situation. And he was stating, well, you know, there should be something legality-wise to put in there, you know, to, you know, and then basically to thwart people from calling and reporting false allegations of UFO reports, so on and so forth. 
he was you know beaming hard on people that were looking for you know self fame you know people that may have issues so on and so forth but the thing that got me about that was okay throughout the whole at this point in time it, it had already been going on for at least an hour throughout this whole hour you talk about transparency and, and, and destigmatizing you know the the people that report the UAPs not being kooks and nut jobs that, that's exactly how they put it you know on the floor they, they wanted to get rid of that they, they wanted people that are reporting it you know to be taken serious you know, take the report serious and investigate it so on and so forth but yet this guy this one guy throws it out there and all of a sudden they're all like yeah you know we got to make sure we take care of that you know and blah 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 make sure there is legality follow-ups some type of punishment if you file file a false report the thing that bothered me about that the people to date as of, of in the last few years of history well quite a few years of history with this actually anybody that's ever reported a ufo sighting pretty much somewhere somebody was deeming them a nut job or they just you know mischaracterized what they saw you know they were just dismissive about it completely now the fact that you could possibly be brought up on charges i mean they'd have to be really really clear on that law if they want to go ahead and make this you know a, a law to you know keep the the false reports from coming in and the reason why i say that is because him saying that is going to sway public a lot of public <clears throat> from reporting a, a ufo and let's be real let's be frank if they're out there in the woods on a dark highway wherever they see a ufo yeah i mean they straight up legit see it but let's say they didn't capture it on film do you think that these people are going to take the time to report it to the government knowing that if the government came around and since they didn't have any 100% definitive proof of what they saw, that they could essentially be arrested. They could turn around and say, oh, well, they're filing a, you know, filing a false report or whatever the case may be. I mean, this is going to be a really touchy, touchy subject and a really touchy, touchy situation that they had better be very, very crystal clear on. In that situation, it is going to, in my opinion, and I'm quite sure a lot of you out there will think the same thing, is going to sway a lot of people from actually reporting UFOs if they were to see it. I don't care if it landed in your backyard and left burnt marks, you know, in your grass. I really, unless you could prove that it was, you know, the, the burnt marks in your grass were radioactive now or something, you know, I don't see anybody reporting it because they'll be scared to death. They're going to get locked up in a federal penitentiary now because they're talking about making it a serious crime. So how can you sit there and tell the free world that you want to have an open forum you want to have an open discussion you want honesty and transparency and re, you know and, and be able to you know now make sure that people are not deemed a kook if they call in and they report you know a ufo sighting and such but with the stipulation you're only going to accept it really from the military or an FAA, you know certified pilot so all the other civilians that have seen a majority of the ufo things and sightings in the u.s and around the globe their their opinions and everything they saw don't matter but if they do give it to you and well let's just say that and i hate to be the conspiracy guy here but well that's what we do for a living on the show what if just what if you found a ufo piece of evidence you know a a, a crashed ufo like on your on your grounds your property whatever kind of like with roswell let's say the military comes out there 
they investigate it. They deemed it, holy crap, this is really real. This is of extraterrestrial origin. What is to stop them from actually then turning the story around and arresting you to keep you from talking to the public and, and basically telling the, the everybody else involved in the public that you were uh, reporting a false, you know, falsatory, you know, story about UFO sightings and whatnot. Now, I'm not trying to scare people from reporting UFO sightings. If it happens, it happens. Report it, okay? Even they say, like the old adage, you know, see something, say something. But once that law comes into effect, if they actually put this into effect, I promise you, you had better very, very much study it, read it, know it inside and out. And if you see anything that could deem that they could just, you know, on their own accord, arrest you and say you're making a false allegation, yeah, just be mindful of that. Make sure that you really, really know the laws. You know, it's just like anybody who's going to court. If you're going to court for anything, well, make sure your lawyer that's representing you actually knows the law of the subject you're going to court for. If you're filing a, filing a civil suit because, uh, I don't know, your, your next-door neighbor has got, like, their property stuff encroaching on your property. You don't go to like a hit and run lawyer to have them represent you for that case because they're not into that. That's not their specialty field. Actually, talk to a lawyer who knows what they're talking about. You know, in, in a situation like this, it'd probably be more than likely probably a civil lawyer is the one you want to talk to, somebody who knows it, you know, in and outs of civil rights because that's really going to help protect you a lot. But in this case, there's quite a few circumstances where, uh, going back to the beginning, where they were talking about, you know, putting this whole you know, collaborative group together. Um, back in the day, they had Project Blue Book with the Air Force. Um, they had a uh, tip. That was another one they had. Um, all of those have come and gone by, you know, fallen to the wayside. I have a feeling that if they don't find any definitive proof of UFO, you know, as far as it goes for extraterrestrial activity in the near future, like I'd say in the next two years, this whole program will probably get dropped too. Um, right now, they have limited resources. They're trying to – actually, I don't think they even have an actual director of it at the moment, but they're working on it. They have one picked, but I don't think they've actually been confirmed yet. Um, they also are putting together their teams. They're going to be putting together the database. The database will be taking in all these reports, and then they, you know, their team will be getting together and breaking them down one by one and start going back and investigating them. The thing that also is very interesting about this hearing is they stated that in the last five years has been like the most – actually, I'm sorry, the last 20 years. The last 20 years has been the most reported cases of UFO sightings like throughout history all the way back – like, you know, back the last 50, 60 years. There's been UFO sightings off and on throughout the – you know, throughout history. I mean, let's be real. Even, you know, everybody watches ancient, you know, ancient aliens. I mean, you know, there's stuff in there that kind of makes you scratch your head and go, hmm, maybe. Uh, I mean, look at NASA has that picture posted right now recently of the, uh, the doorway opening on Mars that the rover found. The, the crazy thing about that is they did a side-by-side -side analysis of an opening to a pyramid here on Earth, obviously. An opening to a pyramid and the opening that they saw on the on the side of this big you know this big mountainside um, on Mars in side-by-side -side comparison they literally look almost exactly the same the same the way they're built the slope the whole nine yards the great part about it is that NASA and everybody said 
that's a natural foundation. It was just wind and, you know, and everything else that, that caused it to do that. Really? <laughs> really? That squared off, that, there comes a time and a place where sometimes you just got to shake your head and go, look, we're not that stupid. I'm sorry. That's a doorway. And and even I, who am, and everybody who knows me, even as a paranormal investigator, I am extremely skeptical. Every ghost hunt that I ever go and I go to investigate, never once do I believe what's going on until I find evidence of what's going on. And honestly, 99% of the time, don't find any evidence. To me, it's pretty, well, mundane as normal things. It's not paranormal. But this, when you look at these side-by-side comparisons, it literally looked like somebody took that uh, that doorway entrance into one of the pyramids, you know, and literally photoshopped it on the side of this mountain on Mars. And this is a legitimate straight-up picture from Mars. This isn't one of those somebody photoshopped, threw it out there, it's traveled the Internet, you know, and it's fake. No, this is really a real picture from the Mars rover. It's been in the media and everything else. Everybody's been talking about it. But the crazy thing is, like I said, if you look at that side-by-side comparison, there's just a time where you just finally got to go, no, it's a door. It is what it is, you know. Uh, they're, they're, the way they try to really knock evidence down really kind of makes me wonder about this whole situation with the UAP. Um, this whole situation with this, you know, this group being put together. And let's be fair, everybody knows it's already hard enough to trust the government, let alone you're going to trust them to run something that we know has been lied about, changed, people have been extorted, you know, throughout the throughout decades, you know, over UFO sightings and such. And so now you expect us to trust you 100% and let you run it. I think that at the end of the day, if they want to really actually run this the right way, they should bring in a bunch of civilians. I don't care if the government oversees it, just to make sure they're not, you know, I don't know, buying houses with all the money they fund them with and such. You know, I get that. But at, at least let civilians run it. You know, and, and trust me, you could take really high trained, you know, and educated people to bring into that situation to run that. Because trust me. Just because you're not military or a part of government doesn't mean you're not educated either. I mean, let's be real. All right. So there's a lot of civilians who could actually run this just as well. And I think there would be a little more transparency. Now, I do understand, and I want to make sure this is clear, coming from the military myself, I definitely get the whole aspect of national security. Yes, there's going to be times when they may come across enemy and, you know, foreign, you know, like they said, you know, adversary objects. If they do, then I get it. You know, they have to be classified, remain classified, because let's be fair. And the reality of it, the way that they're going to be able to use equipment in order to, you know, uh, everything from recording and and filming and everything else that they do with some of these UFOs and everything that they've had, some of that equipment's classified. They, They can't be specific about, you know, different sensors that they use and how they sense objects underwater. They even brought that up in the hearing about USOs. Now, USOs, obviously, it's underwater, okay, so lack of a better term. So we're talking about possible UFOs that are underwater. They were asking, do we have sensors in place in order to be able to determine if there are possible USOs out there in the oceans? And the only thing that they could say was, that's something we'll have to talk in a closed environment. Okay, which means yes. <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. 
But the thing is, I do get it. They can't talk about what type of equipment it is or how they use it and everything else because that's how we find our enemy, too. And so we don't need the enemy knowing how do we find them when they're coming on into our areas. So totally get it, totally understand it. But even the civilians they bring in, you I mean, obviously, there's a lot of civilians who do contract work for the government and the military who have to pass background checks. They have to be able to get, you know, actual clearances and everything else. I'm perfectly okay with that. But maybe let's start relying a little bit more on the on our civilian side of the house taking care of this, not so much as the, the upper government. Uh, to me, it just, I don't know. It, it still bothers me. Um, in the whole situation with this, this is either going to go down is in the very near future, they're going to come right out and go, you know what? We investigated this, and yeah, it's it's not from here. It's from somewhere else. And we'll all be like, wow, finally, you actually admitted it. Or we'll just keep continuing getting the same runaround that, nope, 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 nope. That, that, that was... Uh, you know, uh, that was gases in the sky that were at a certain temperature, were reflecting light and such, and blah, blah, blah. And to be honest, that actually does happen. So, <laughs> But there's a lot of times that there's been some UFOs that have been reported in multiple sightings by multiple people from multiple different angles and locations that they said was like, oh, it was gas that caused this. No, it doesn't work that way. That's not really how it works. Because all these people from different distances away and diff different angles can't be seeing the same thing. It doesn't work like that. Now, one of the interesting things I want to point out there, time and time again, a lot of people, and, and such as myself, I mean, being in the paranormal field, I definitely love the whole thing about UFOs and UFO investigations too, that a lot of people, they, they're always reporting these sightings of like these triangle-shaped craft that are flashing lights and such. Just so you know that if you're using an SLR camera, because they actually brought this up in the hearing, and I was surprised they brought it up, to be honest. When you're using night vision that is doing the, the visual aspect of it, and it's recording the SLR, that basically a lit object from a distance will almost every time come out in the shape of a triangle. So the funny part about that is, what about all the people with the naked eye seeing the triangle shapes in the air that had, like, say, three points of light, one at each you know, tip of the triangle? They weren't using SLR cameras when they saw it. That was with a human eye. And they weren't filming it with infrared. They saw it with a human eye. So, yeah, kind of defeats that little story and narrative as well. There's a whole lot of things about this. That, that throughout this Senate hearing when I was watching it, that really made me start asking a lot of questions. You know, and which is just kind of goes with the territory for being an investigator. A lot of you out there, if you don't, or if you have not, seen the hearings you can find it right there it's on youtube uh you know the people have downloaded it uh, the whole entire you know thing from beginning to end um adam schiff representative was overseeing it they had a lot of people in there uh you know from the senate that was asking these questions the great thing about this is the same people who are answering these questions who are part of the uap organization um were all under oath so yeah if, if any lies ever came out of that, you know, hearing, that would not be good. <laughs> but uh, I promise you there weren't any lies. There, there was all pretty much straight-up questioning. Um, so there was one situation where Mr. Uh, Carson, he brought up a very good point. And, uh, and knowing, and he stated flat out that he knew. He said there's a lot of situations where stories have come out of, haunt, of, of all these different, you know, UFO sightings and 
and uh, even abductions that he stated that had been pretty much swept under the rug, you know, under the rug. We know this. It's happened. You know, it has definitely been swept under the rug. And he was basically asking, you know, what is, you know, what is your guarantee to us that that's not what's going to happen? They didn't really have an answer for it. And you know what? I'm not even going to ruin it. If you just go back and watch it on YouTube and watch it yourself, they really danced around that subject a lot. It, it, yeah, it really kind of drove me crazy. Um, and like I said before, the thing that really gets me is the fact that they're only really going after government reports and FFA sightings. They're not really using any civilian reports. So for all you UFO enthusiasts out there, and by enthusiast, I mean people who have actually seen UFO sightings and such and everything else, yeah, you can report it all day long to the live long day to them, and they're not going to be checking it out. They're only really checking out the ones coming in from, you know, government, you know, military, FFA. And that situation really, really bothers me because what if, and I'm looking at this from a military member, national security, what if you actually sighted a real UFO? Or you know what? It could be an enemy aircraft. I mean, to be honest, what if it was an enemy air aircraft that is something of a new design, a new concept that we're completely unaware of? And you reported that. You just happened to be that one guy, that one girl, right place, right time, and you saw it. And you reported it. Won't even be looked at. I mean, really. <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Um, they're going to be moving on to also, like I said, looking into holding people accountable for their reports if whether or not, you know, they're uh, lying or not. So think about this. Military member. FFA pilot. When you make these reports, um, you better make sure your ducks are in a row. You had better make sure. Because if you report it and they don't believe you, and if it even remotely looks false, there's a good possibility that they can hold you legally responsible for this. And that is not good. You know, time and time again, from the beginning, from Roswell to all these other, I mean, think about this, but especially for you UFO enthusiasts out there. Think about to all the stories that we've ever heard, read about, saw in a movie, whatever the case may be, that it was swept under the rug. It was released, just pushed aside, never to be believed in. And now here it is, all these years later, you have this new, one more organization again being built up by the government that's going to be looking into them, except for those. The only way that they'll look into it is just like what happened with Gallagher, where Gallagher turned around and told them, you need to look into this Maelstrom incident. He said, I'm... You know, he basically put it out there like I'm giving you an order, basically, you know, to check it out. I'm, I'm hoping that the, the rest of the government will do the same thing. You know, start making these incidents get really, really looked into and really checked out. I, I definitely understand that going back to then, that if think about this, and this is for argument's sake. Let's say that the people with Roswell, with that whole situation, that they really did find an alien craft that had crashed that they really had debris from alien, you know, spacecraft to alien bodies that they have recovered, that the government took. Everybody knows the end game and the end story of this where it has been made out that the whole thing turned out to be a weather balloon, that it was very hypened up, it wasn't what really happened, you know, it was a, a false story. There's been people who were dubbed crazy, people who were dubbed liars, all of that, all of that throughout that entire time of that whole entire investigation the whole time that thing went down.
So with that being said, how could the government now, let's just say that they really did find the aircraft, really did find the bodies, now open to the public, tell them, yeah, we lied. I don't foresee our U.S. government, out of all those incidents that happened back then, even from the Maelstrom Air Force situation all the way back to Roswell, if they start making them investigate a lot of those, and if they just come to the truth and the, uh, you know bring it to a head and find out that, yeah, there really was, but the government stepped in and they lied and changed stories and manipulated people, paid people off, blah, 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 to hide what happened, there will be so many lawsuits that would be opening up. I don't see the government doing it. I really don't. I don't see that happening. And, hey, I could be completely wrong. I really could. I'm just a radio guy, all right? I'm reasonably intelligent, not super intelligent, but I'm reasonably intelligent. But I know people very well. I could definitely see, like, family members of those people that all this happened to going back and suing <clears throat> suing the government if it all came to light that, yeah, they swept it under the rug. And, you know, and trust me, there's been people who have lost jobs over, like, UFO sightings, people that have lost family members over UFO sightings, people that have lost their, you know, Everything from uh, wives, husbands, you name it, you know, down the line, you know, because everybody deemed them to be a nut job, you know, that was wearing an uh, official uniform or had an official badge or something. So what in those situations, what if it was all a cover up? I mean, man, that you changed you changed the history of life for quite a few people. And that that equals big bucks in America. Let's be real. So. I definitely want the, the people out there listening to the show today, I want you to really, really pay attention to this and look and watch and pay attention to who gets put into place to run it. Watch and see how often they actually talk about it publicly in the media or anything else. I guarantee after this hearing today, you probably ain't going to hear much about this again. Guarantee it. I guarantee you are not going to be hearing anything about these people again. You might hear one or two stories in the very, you know, near future. And that's only because this is very fresh. This only happened a week ago where people will be talking about it in the media and everything else. And I get that. But I'm talking about once they actually are going into play, they start really hitting hard, doing these investigations, everything else. You probably ain't going to hear about it again. If you want to hear about it, then the American people need to stay on top of it. They need to demand. They need to demand tra transparency. They just—they're gonna have to. That's the only way we're gonna stay on top of it. Like I said, I get it when there's some aspects of a national security that they go, "Hey, we can't talk about this because it comes into play on either how they found out what it was, or they found out what it was and it happened to be maybe some type of enemy aerial craft." You know, I get it. I do. I get it. But if it is of extraterrestrial origin or origin. I think the American people deserve to know about it. I think they do. I think that we have already come so far, so, so far, since the, 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 the term UFO got coined, you know, all the way back in the 40s. I think that we have come a long, long way and have seen so much. Everything is at your fingertips on the Internet. I mean, you can go on there and see video of people who are killed. You know, you can see crazy videos about you know, car chases, you know, uh, war, everything. You can find you can find videos of pretty much all that crap on the Internet, all right? We are very desensitized. We really are. And because of that, 
I don't think it would be that big of a deal if they found a real UFO with real aliens from another, you know, universe or whatever. I, I don't see it being a big deal to the American people. I know that back in the day, they thought, I mean, and let's face facts. Think about this. Going all the way back to when Orson Welles on Halloween night did his, uh, his radio play of War of the Worlds, there were people that had lost their mind in that town because they did not realize it was a radio play coming over the radio. They thought it was really happening, that aliens were really invading the planet, and people lost their minds. There were people out there shooting their guns at, at what they thought were aliens on their property. I mean, it was crazy. It was mass hysteria. Back then, yeah, get it. We're not that type of people anymore. We're just not. To be real, we're all very desensitized. Granted, some people are oversensitive. I'll definitely give you that. But I'm just saying for the most part, when it comes down to the, the weird, the awkward, something just totally out of the norm, yeah, we're pretty desensitized. If the, if, the, if the government came out tomorrow and said that every UFO incident that you've ever heard of was real, there are really aliens out there. They're in contact with us now. We're in contact with them. We've been talking to them forever, yada, yada, yada. American people, that at the most, would probably be like, told you so. Well, exception of the few people that, you know, like I said before, might want to go back and file a lawsuit. But, you know, other than that, yeah, I think the American people would really, really, truly be more to the fact of just going, hey, we told you so. Yeah, I don't think there would be any mass hysteria or panic or anything else. The only thing I could possibly see it maybe changing would be maybe the religious aspect. I could definitely see people going, okay, well, you know, they prove there was aliens and all that and you know uh, if they had been here forever and ever amen then maybe it wasn't god or angels that they were seeing maybe it was ufos it was aliens who knows but i really don't think that it would bother the american people today i really don't i don't think it would freak them out and panic you know and, and drive people out into the streets and going crazy i truly don't see that happening um i could definitely see if people a lot of people probably uh, selling a lot of T-shirts, bumper stickers, everything else of merchandise involving UFOs. A lot of it would be "I told you so." Uh, that would be copyright to Chance Hancock, 2022. Um, so yeah, no, I'm not gonna do that. But I could definitely see a lot of people doing that and just you know capitalizing on it. I can see it happening. Matter of fact, that'd probably be the biggest thing happening is the uh, capitalizing on the UFOs being real more than anything else. For as far as it goes for mass hysteria. Now, let's just say for argument's sake that government comes out very near future yeah they're real they're here nobody really panics do i think that there will be a a big pickup in people buying weapons ammunition you know prepping all that absolutely absolutely because as quite a few other very very smart men a hell of a lot smarter than me on this planet uh michio kaku you know stephen hawking quite a few others if they have the technology to travel all those light years to come here to our planet and do what they do in that particular situation we probably couldn't stop them if we wanted to if they wanted to take over if they're that far advanced in technology god knows what their weaponry would be like we probably wouldn't stand a chance um and that's to be real i mean think about this you have just in sightings alone on videos, even the ones even from the military that they put out there and release publicly, look at how fast these things can turn on a dime. We don't have the technology to shoot and hit something like that. 
not something that turns that quick. We just don't. I don't think anybody does on this planet. You know, we've already know about the whole development with Russia and everybody else with the hypersonic missiles that can move at hypersonic speeds. Yeah, absolutely. But they can't turn on a dime. Not like these craft can. So, yeah, don't foresee that happening. And not to mention the fact, there has been recorded situations of aircraft that has been caught on radar that was flying along at roughly 300 miles per hour. Um, they even had a, a, a you know military craft that had launched, went up to intercept and see what it was. They claimed it was a, a glowing ball, and they got as close as they could to it. And this thing went from 300 to over 5,000 miles per hour in one second and disappeared off radar, literally in a second. You're not going to touch that. We don't have anything on this planet that can hit something that can accelerate that fast. We just don't. It's gone. Um, so, yeah, it would be good luck. That's all we could do. Just hope for the best. Hopefully, they're friendly when they come here. Now, on the flip side of that coin, so we don't scare everybody out there, a lot of the smart people on this planet said, hey, well, if they're that far advanced, they're probably not a warring civilization. They're probably more about science. They're more about, you know, environmental studies. They're probably more about just studying us. You know, we're just on this big floating ball going through space that they can, you know, peruse by and look at like you look at fish in an aquarium. And that could be real. That could be true. They could be just studying to see what we are. And let's be fair. The fact that we have nuclear technology, we've had it for quite a few decades, we've done quite a few tests, that's a lot of power blasting off this planet that will travel through space. It will travel through space. And, well, maybe they noticed us because of it. So th this is definitely turning out to be a very, I don't know, the things here in the recent, you know, recent history of my time of life has really, really just gone crazy. Things have gone so very, very fast as far as for technology and making things very simplistic, you know, much more accelerated and cooler, you know, TV, cell phones, so on and so forth, computers, laptops, you name it. And, and, but making also, too, a lot of things very simplistic, you know, being able to, you know, uh, right there on your cell phone, you can... I mean, you can almost do surgery with your cell phone because there's a video or YouTube to show you how to do it. You know what I mean? And no, I'm not being serious, but that, but you get the point. You know, there's crazy things that you can find on the Internet that can uh, – the touch of information in a second, the instant gratification. It's been useful in some ways, but I truly think it's been dumbing us down as well. Back in the day when I was growing up, you had to crack a book. You had to go to the library, you know, go through encyclopedias. You had to read, you had to take notes, all this other stuff, you know, to really learn something. And you retained it because it took so much work and effort, you, you retained it and you really, really learned it. If you take a lot of people nowadays that have this instant gratification for getting their knowledge off of, uh, you know, off of Google, it's kind of funny because a lot of people that I know that really, really, truly rely on that for everything don't have much in the way of common sense, to be honest. Not trying to be a jerk, just being real. And think about it. Think about how many people you know of, of the, you know, more of a, a younger generation. And don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking them all. But some of them from the younger generation, that they just seem to know everything. No, you don't. You know Google. Experience in life is where you gain your knowledge. And that's just a fact. There is a big, big dif difference, honestly, between intelligence and being educated. Every time I hear anybody say, oh, well, they must not be educated. 
I, I, immediately right then and there, I don't want to hear their opinion anymore. Because I know a lot of people who were not educated, who were extremely intelligent. Einstein being one of them. There's a lot of people I know out there who will sit there and they'll brag because they have a college degree that they're educated. They know better. Really. You haven't even lived life long enough to have the experience of the common things that happen in life. You might be able to tell me what is a protoplasm. But if I asked you to go, you know, tie your shoe, you would probably trip and break an arm. You know, I mean, and being very simplistic in my analogy here, but you get the point. There's a lot of things out there that with this scenario, and trust me, this does tie in. There's going to be a lot of people out there that the way the government's almost looking at it is the same, the same thing. It's like, look, because you don't hold a degree or you're a military pilot and official, boom, we can't listen to you. Once again, it falls down to the elitist attitude, even with UFOs. How sad is that? Really? How sad is that? Down to the whole point of something that could absolutely possibly not even be real. And, and I'm being dead honest. For all we know, everything that we have thought has been a UFO to date could possibly just be something else. Or the people who reported it was lying or had issues. And, and I'm trying to be fair here. I'm trying to be fair across the board. But however, according to the government, the average person, they're not going to listen to. So even with that, falling back to this with UFOs, it's still in the elitist category. That it, it just it blows my mind. So I'm hoping that this whole show has now made you go full circle and made you realize, holy crap, he had a point to this. Yeah, I did. There's a lot of good behind this organization. There really is. You know, the fact that somebody is at least looking into these things. I mean, if not for anything, and I don't even care if, about finding the UFO, just for national security alone. The, if they find aerial, you know, drones, I mean, some of these investigations have actually led them to find out and realize it was drones that they were seeing. They didn't specify. Was it ours? Was it theirs? Was it a normal person's drone? Was it military craft drone? What was it? I mean, they never got specific about that. But even then, if, if it's definitely coming, you know, it was just for argument's sake, it is a drone of a enemy's, you know, that's over here to spy on us or whatever, that, yeah, that I would definitely like for the, you know, government to know about that and stop that from happening. If it is a possible attack craft from our adversaries, I would definitely like to know that they're aware of it, you know, our people. That, that's some really handy information to have right there. Flip side of that coin. They were asked also in this hearing, speaking of which, they were asked, are they sharing this data? They said, some of it, yes. That tells me the ones that they're not sharing is probably something from the other side. And I don't mean UFO. But they said that they had been sharing with other uh, they didn't really get into description of whether or not it was other governments or whatever capacity, but the data information is being shared. Um, like I said, I know there are probably some civilians who are contracted in the middle of this. You know, like they said before, they are consulting with you know people or experts in the for, you know in the field of physics, metallurgy, meteorology, 
um, aeronautics, um, all of it, you know, to determine what these type of craft are and what, you know, that they're finding and they're seeing, you know, is this like a meter, uh, is this like a atmospheric condition that's just, you know, being an optical illusion? Is this, you know, object that's moving, is this like plastic, is it like a mylar balloon, they're seeing reflective, you know, from the sunlight off of it, you know, or is this actual metal? If it's metal, how is it able to manipulate, turn, and, and do this, you know? If it is aircraft, how can it turn this fast without killing the pilot? Is it manned? Is it unmanned? They did state that, like I said before, you know, they have been finding drones too, a lot of unmanned aerial objects. But what if it's aerial object probes from a UFO? Nobody asked that question. Nobody asked that question about the the drone that they found of saying, you know, that it was, you know, sharing the information and that they found these, you know, uh, some of them to be uh, unmanned craft, which, a.k.a. drone. Nobody bothered to ask the question, well, was it of extraterrestrial origin? Not one person asked. And some of the questioning, <laughs> I promise you, if you watch the video on YouTube, go back and watch it. If you watch the questioning, some of it seems to be almost staged including the answers, because the rapid response and the way it was so articulated back and the way they kept glancing down told me they were reading off an answer. Now, granted, they could have been looking at notes, you know. I'm sure that they were probably fully aware that there are going to be certain questions that are going to be asked, and they're already well aware of that, so they just took notes to make sure that they have a response for it. Some of these questions, and they're still looking down, I'm kind of like, hmm, seems almost like they knew. Um, yeah, it's up to you and your judgment. Go back and watch. I'm not going to say it, it is, but I'm just saying go back and watch. So we only got about 10 minutes left in the show here. Um, I like to talk about something serious right now. Snow blindness and cats. No, I'm kidding. Um, the one thing I want to talk about is here in the very near future, we are going to be doing a big event at Robarts Arena. It's going to be a Parapalooza you know, Emporium and, and Magical Market. It's going to be huge at Robarts Arena in Sarasota. We're going to be doing that from the uh, September 16th through the 18th. Um, we are setting everything up for it now. Uh, ticket sales will be going on uh, sale very, very soon, coming up here in June. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be, imagine a paranormal flea market uh, in oddities. It's going to have everything that you could think of, especially right around Halloween. Perfect time to have something like this. This is not a Comic-Con event. It's not a Paracon. Uh, I'm, I'm so sick of hearing that word, too. Um, this is going to be a, a just an all-out experience and event that we're doing. We're, we're bringing in you know vendors of all different magnitudes, from magic people that are selling magical stuff to Halloween people selling Halloween stuff, you know, to paranormal people to you know people with oddities, you know, just weird stuff. You know, there, there's some I, I can't talk about yet, not until we do the official launch for it coming up in June. But, yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be crazy, and it's going to be huge. And this is going to be happening over at Robarts Arena uh, right there off of Fruitville Road in Sarasota. And, uh, yeah, we it's going to be a big event. So the company that uh, me and Jesse started, H&E Entertainment, LLC, we're going to be doing this event, uh, you know, heading it up with our VP, you know, Kim Rutherford. Uh, we have quite a few other people involved, you know, uh, and I'm going to throw their names out there, Jackie, you know, uh, there's quite a few that's going to be involved with this too, and we'll be putting them out there as well. A lot of people, in the beginning, we thought about bringing in, like, you know, some paranormal guests in. Looking on it right now, that's not really what I wanted to do from the beginning. 
I didn't really want guests because I wanted to make it about the vendors. It's not very often that you have a, a vendor-specified type of event that's just strictly for the vendors, you know, unless it's like a big truck rally for food, you know, the big food truck rallies. Um, but this is something that's just because of the people that we deal with. You know, we love dealing with the people that are like, you know, uh, the, the crystal sellers, you know, for Wiccan magic and all this other stuff, you know, to, like I said, people that do, you know, magical arts and people into Halloween stuff. I mean, the whole nine yards, paranormal, you know, from Bigfoot to aliens, to UFOs, the whole nine yards. We're bringing everything, everything. So, so our company, H&E, we are going to be doing this and launching this event. It's going to be coming up in June. Um, tickets will be going on sale, plus you can get tickets at the door. It, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're doing a full three-day weekend out of it. Uh, it's going to be a blast. we got a lot of people getting involved with this, you know, to help along the line. And I like, you know, big thank you to all of them and appreciate all the help that they've been putting in. And to me, this is more about the fun. Uh, honestly, there, there's people out there that will do events because they just want to make a big name for themselves or anything else. We've already got a decent sized name, and it's only getting bigger, you know, to be real. I mean, like I was talking about last week, and I was joking around, you know, uh, but, but being truthful at the same time. You know, out, there was an article written on the web about us that our show is listed as number 10 in the top 15 paranormal talk shows on the web. We're rated at number 10, all right? Um, the top two, I believe it's the top 200 paranormal TV shows of all time, the TV show that I used to do called Paraprobe, did it for one full season years ago. It's still listed on there. We actually are just behind... Uh, Oh, God, that show with Amy Bruni and all them, uh, Kindred Spirits. Our show was listed right behind them on there. Um, our show in the first year, Paraprobe, wound up making the Best of the Bay competition for Creative Loping. You know, we made the top 20 list for the Best Internet Radio Show. Um, we pulled off a lot. We've done quite a bit within just a year. Really, it's only been a little over a year since we've been doing this, this gig. And it's only going to get bigger. We have a whole lot more stuff coming. The only difference between us and a lot of other people out there is we're not out there bombarding you guys with stuff from us every day. I just, I don't like doing that. If I got something to tell you, then I'll put it out there, you know. But a lot of stuff we've just been working on that we've been setting in stone, getting set up. Our big takeoff really is more towards the end of this year and on all of next year that we have a lot going on already. Um, so you'll just have to wait and see. So make sure you follow us, like, um, for the radio show and for H&E Entertainment. So if you want to follow Paraprobe, you can go to Instagram and on Facebook. It's at Paraprobe Radio. All right, at Paraprobe Radio on Instagram and on our Facebook page. If you jump over to Twitter, it's just at Paraprobe. That's it. Everything else, Paraprobe Radio, Twitter, Paraprobe. And it's P-A-R-P-R-O-B-E, all one word, para-probe. Then for H&E, same thing, it's H&E Entertainment uh, on everything. Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I believe uh, Jesse's got it on Twitter for us now, too, as well. Um, we are also going to be coming out with a new uncensored para-probe show. The reason why. And I want to be real and be honest with our friends out there and the ones that really aren't our friends and just you hate us. I don't care. The reason why we're going to be doing an uncensored podcast show as well is because I have seen – I've been on both sides of the fence. I've done actual radio like I am right now on air, 
at a radio station doing a show. We have to be very mindful to watch our language, you know, watch certain content that we put out and we say. We have, there's, there's a lot of rules and regulations that go into this that you are, because you're under FCC regulations, you have to be very, very mindful and very, very careful about what you say and do. You have to, all right, because you can get fined. You know, this this ain't like you guys out there just doing a podcast show in your garage and saying whatever you want, thinking you're all big and cool and everything. Yeah, that's because you can say whatever you want and nobody cares. Here, whole different ballgame. You're on radio. There are people out there right now driving around in cars listening to this show. And all it takes is for me to say the wrong thing, <laughs> whether it be uh, vulgar or, you know, maybe de- describing something very vulgar. That yeah, you can wind up with a fine. That's why you have to be careful about that stuff. Uh, trust me, I know a lot of podcast people. If I brought them into a radio station and said, "Okay, here, go go on air and do your thing," they'd be fired in probably an hour because they will definitely screw it up for sure. Now, don't get me wrong. There's people out there in podcast shows who do very well too. Then I would, I would wholeheartedly say, "Yeah, do radio. I think you would do good on radio as well." But it takes a, cer- a certain flair to be on radio. You have to be very mindful of everything that comes out of your mouth. Hence why me and Jesse, because everybody who knows us, we have our hands tied because because of FCC. There are so many things, joke-wise, content that we want to talk about, everything else, that we just cannot do on radio. We just can't. It would it would wind us up with major major fines, and we would and, and the, the station would be fined, everything else. A lot of people would be it, yeah, it would not be a good situation. So we decided that we're still going to continue doing radio. But we are developing right now, and it's going to be video. It is going to be a video show, all right? So it's going to be fully uncensored. Um, we are going to be, you know, we're going to be putting this out there on, on all of our platforms except for iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio, because of the language content and some of our content we're going to talk about, can't put it on iHeart. But everything else will be on. The Pandora, Spotify, everything else we can put our show on, iTunes Radio. Paraprobe Radio currently is on everything. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify, Pandora, um, iTunes, Amazon Music. We're on everything. Podbean, you name it. There, there are there are places right now that have our show that I didn't even know we were even on. So yeah, you can find our show Paraprobe anywhere to go back to listen to our old shows. Wherever you listen to your podcast, that's where you'll be able to hear us at. Doesn't matter what you listen to for your podcast. With this that we're gonna be doing. Like I said, the only one we won't be able to be on it would be like iHeartRadio, really, at the end of the day. And that's specifically because of the language we won't be able to be on there. But also, too, it's going to be video. So, well, iHeartRadio doesn't do video. So you'd have to watch us more like on iTunes, something of that uh, nature you'd have to go to to be able to actually get the video clips to come up to watch our show. And we're looking at doing a full two-hour show. So, anyways, long story short, I'm getting ready to bounce out of here. It's the end of this show. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys again next weekend. Uh, Jesse will be back in the studio. And we have a whole bunch of mockery of some things we're going to be making fun of next weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. For once, I decided, you know, it's just me in here. I figured I'd share a little more serious side of me. Not so much always joking around and, the, you know, the, the jokes I do all the time. Um, and show a little bit of, you know, my intelligence. It's not a lot, but it's a little bit. But anyways, we'll definitely be seeing you guys next weekend. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And I am...